Hi everyone, it is Allison, your host, coming to you today from Southern California, where I just glanced out the window to see two people effortlessly riding up the street on bikes. Both were wearing helmets, both were sitting down looking calm and serene, both were pedaling in a mild kind of way, and they were gliding straight up the steepness that is this street, which means only one thing, which is that their bikes are electric assist. If you want to go anywhere around this town, which I consider a vertical town, you're very shortly going to have to go either up or down, which means that on the flip side, you're also going to have to go either up or down. What this translates into in real life terms is that if you are a walker like me, who almost never uses her car, never even thinks of getting into it, Every time you leave the house, you're going to be walking downhill half the time and uphill half the time. But what that really means is that you will be walking uphill 94% of the time. That's how physics works in Allison World. This electric assist bike anecdote has nothing to do with today's episode, but I am burning quietly with a tiny flame of jealousy trying not to judge, which also is how things work (laughs) here in our podcast. A listener named Monette that is not her real name, in South Carolina wrote in about her mother who's living with Alzheimer's and how hard it is in this time of pandemic. The center where her mom lives is close to visitors. The only way Monette and her brother can visit their mom is by standing outside her window and talking into a phone so their mother can clearly hear them inside her room. This confuses their mother even more than she already is confused and she sometimes gets angry that she can see them, but they are not there in the room with her. And both Monette and her brother are frustrated and sad. One thing that seems to calm her, Monette said, is when they play old Lawrence Welk shows over the phone. Their mother loved Lawrence Welk. Thinking about this situation makes me think about the power of music. Did you used to sing a lot when you were a kid? I did. We had a record player when we were tiny, and I remember playing songs over and over and over and crouching down on the floor and singing along with them. My mother and her mother, my grandmother, used to sing a lot, and they taught us their old songs, some of which have been passed down and down through generations. Then there was music class in school where we always sang. There was Sunday school singing. And later there was choir and chorus in school, structured times of the week when we all stood in front of music stands and practiced songs over and over. My high school friend Art used to play the piano to accompany us. I loved chorus. Singing released something in me. And that disappeared when I got older. In college I lived for a while in Taiwan where everyone sang. Men would walk down the street singing together and so would girls and classrooms were full of music. Once some boys came up to me and my American friends on the street and asked us if we would be the lead singers in their secret rock band. (laughs) As if just the American look of us meant that 
We must be about the same as Chrissy Hind or Debbie Harry. I love that freedom of song that I see in other countries, the expectation that everyone is free to sing and wants to sing, that music isn't something to think about, it's just part of us. The truth is, I still sing. I wake up singing random songs that work their way into my brain as I sleep. I sing to my dog all the time, refrains, which I make up with genius lyrics that I also make up that are all variations on good, good boy, good, good boy. My voice is just an ordinary voice. There's nothing special about it. And I sing only for myself in very quietly, little wisps of tunes. But still, I sing as I cook and wash dishes and tromp around the vertical streets of this town that others, let me remind you, are zipping around on their electric assist bikes. Music is second only to smell to me in that it brings me straight to a specific place, a specific time, specific people, and more than that, it conjures emotion. Thinking about Monette and her mother behind the glass of the window that they're not allowed to bridge makes me think of a little clip on YouTube that I have bookmarked on my computer so I can watch it over and over and over. In it, a former ballerina, I think she's Spanish, now elderly and living with Alzheimer's, sits in a wheelchair. And as the video opens, there is a withdrawn look in her eyes and in her affect. Someone who loves her, he's visible in the video. Maybe a son, grandson, I don't know, but clearly, this man loves her and knows her. He begins playing Swan Lake. At first she shakes her head, no, but he picks up her hand and holds it to his face and kisses it and he keeps playing the music and she comes alive. Suddenly her head is straight, her eyes are shining and she begins to dance right there in her wheelchair. This woman has the longest fingers and most elegant hands I have ever seen and even though she never rises from her wheelchair, the passion of that ballet and her mastery of the dance that goes with it runs all the way through her. It is an electrifying few minutes. And it makes me think of a poem I recently fell in love with by Stephanie New, titled A Lao Jia Song is a Song of Home. Lao Jia in Chinese means old home. It feels like the perfect poem for Monette, her brother, their mother, and every one of us with memories of other places, other times. Hi, this is Stephanie New, and I'm going to be reading my poem called A Lao Jia Song is a Song of Home. There were two times I heard my father sing. Once from behind the camera, panning to my brother's birthday cake, his happy birthday a key off, so bad it is valiant, my brother blushing before the table. The second was at a feast, a mountain village south of Quinming, where my father pointed out, people readied for winter like animals, mixing butter into their tea. There was something there, 
his eyes watching the long-haired buffalo graze the cold hills as our little bus wound up and up. His favorite American books were the Little House series, with their descriptions of simple tasks, how they churned butter from cream. At the dinner, roast lamb, dark pickled flowers, a strong tea, and before long, his song, the haunting rise of an attempt at melody, his voice breaking before it can carry. Somehow they recognize it, the mountain family, and they lean over and whisper, this is a Lao Jia song, because we have never heard it in all these years. We are sitting with strangers trying to imagine what he is mourning. Thank you. Well, that is it for today's show, my friends. Thank you for listening. If you liked it, please spread the word by sending the link to someone else who might. Our original theme music for our show is by Dylan Parisi. Additional music by Kelly Krebs. Today's beautiful poem, A Lao Jia Song, is a song of home by Stephanie Niu, was first published in the Southeast Review and was read with kind permission by the poet herself. The link to the YouTube video with the ballerina can be found in our show notes. Words by Winter is created and hosted by me, writer Allison McGee. Tell me what you're going through. I will go in search of a poem to help you and all of us through, the way that poems have been helping me since I was a little girl. Send me a voice memo via email to wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com or just drop me a line at the same address. For more info, go to alisonmcgee.com. Words by Winter. Conversations, reflections, and poems about the passages of life because it is rough out there and we have to help each other through. Thank you.